This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. All right, guys, welcome back to Establish the Past podcast presented by Clutch Points. I'm your host, Blake Level. With me, as always, my co-host, Dylan Reagan, getting ready for our Week 17 picks in the NFL. Dylan, that, that means the season's over, right? Week 17, that's that's it. That's, <laughs> I'm used oh, to wait. it now. No. <laughs> After yes, last season. I know, me too. Yeah, it's um, still, still a couple more games to go in the regular season, and then we'll be hitting the playoffs. But uh, we will make our picks for Week 17, and then, of course, Dylan, uh, before you know it, playoffs will be here. Super Bowl will be here. Teams will have to hire coaches, and that was something you and I were uh, kind of having some fun with, uh, looking at you know a specific topic that goes beyond Week 17. But um, you know, already looking ahead to, to head coach openings because there's a lot of talk about you know teams that have already made moves. Of course, teams that could make moves. We know there are coaches out there that are going to be uh, very uh, intriguing options, a Sean Payton and such. Um, that will be talked about a lot, but you know we'll talk about these three teams specifically uh, real quick because obviously they're all three going to play this week, and we'll talk about their games. But um, you know there are three openings now as things stand. Now again, there could be some others that will open up, and there will be some others that open up. We know how this works in the NFL. Uh, there will probably be a surprising one somewhere along the way. Um, you know, Cardinals kind of an interesting spot, perhaps another one that could be leaning towards making a move. But what we know is that the Broncos just fired Nathaniel Hackett, which uh, surprised absolutely no one. Um, the Colts have already fired their coach. Of course, Panthers have done the same this season. So that leaves those three teams as the definitive uh, you know, list right now. Those three we know uh, have openings uh, and will have openings heading into the offseason. So, Dylan, we were looking at it and trying to figure out, okay, if you're looking at these three jobs – how would you rank them? Uh, we love our rankings here. And I think it's an interesting discussion and, and maybe more complicated than you would think because there's so many different factors you have to look at here. Uh, obviously, the, the nucleus of the roster, um, I think division is very important. We yeah. always talk about that. Uh, and, I mean, the quarterback position, I think, is uh, another one that's very important. And what do you know? I think – Boy, you would have thought this would have been a, a no-brainer, right, uh, if you compared the three quarterback positions. But right now, not so sure. So if you had to do it right now, who gets the number one spot? Who gets the number two spot? Who gets the number three spot in this? It's it's really tough, like you said, and it's not a surprise that all three teams have questions at the quarterback position. Usually uh, when a, a team fires a coach, that is the biggest thing. <laughs> it's a factor or not figuring out with a quarterback, uh, looking at what happened last year with Trevor Lawrence. Just overall, I know you're saying looking at all the openings right now and what could, other openings that could open up. It's hard to imagine there being as many as last year. I think there were 10 new coaches. I, I was just going yeah. through the list uh, at, at the start of this, and um, it's kind of crazy. I might, maybe it's nine or 10 if I've miscounted, but I don't see that happening. As you know, I don't see there being a ton of coaches getting fired after the first year. We kind of knew with Hackett that it was a possibility after the season. Obviously, what happened on Christmas Day kind of expedited that process. And you'd think maybe with Denver's defense, how good they've been. Um, and I know Evero there uh, has gotten a lot of praise, their defensive coordinator that was brought in by Hackett and has done overall a good job there. I don't know if he's going to be a candidate, but I, I don't know if I would say that Denver is the most attractive job because of the Russell Wilson contract, how you know there were questions immediately after Hackett was fired, whether they would go into – uh, you know, the line of thinking of, can we cut Russ? And after uh, with the June post June 1st designation, it would have been a huge cap hit. It's primarily in 2024, um, not just 2023, but at the same time, at least it would have opened up things. I don't know that it might be limit your, your field of coaches that are willing to think that they can make it work with Russ. Maybe it can, maybe uh, I'm sure, you know, there's only 32 of these jobs. So I wouldn't say the Broncos because of the defense and because of, uh, still maybe thinking that Russ can figure it out. Maybe they're not the least attractive job. The other uh, – it, it is interesting. We have two teams here with ownership uh, that's new with the Broncos, obviously, and then also uh, Tepper's not exactly been around too long with Carolina. Uh, it's it's a hard one. I, I think the 
is the Colts you you would have thought maybe were the most attractive? You're the same kind of question of do they just need a quarterback? But their offensive line has taken a step back this year. Um, their defense has some talented players, but they you know they didn't look like a team on Monday night against the Chargers that was playing for anything, and they weren't. But they they looked a little checked out um, overall there. Um, I know Nick Foles had his own struggles. I still think maybe I'd say though the Colts. Yeah, I know Jim say kind of has goes up, floats. Uh, you know you know does his own thing kind of does whatever he wants but he's still a reasonable enough guy compared to these ownerships you just don't know what they're going to be over the course of their tenures with their franchises so i if i had to to right now look at the three and to just take a, a coach that's you know doesn't have a connection necessarily to russell wilson doesn't have um any like built-in connection to any of the other uh, coaches that are already in these on these staffs i'd say the colts maybe are number one I'm really struggling, though, between I think maybe the Panthers would be three, but at the same time, no, I, I don't know. I think I might put the Panthers, too. I, I like what their defense has started to do. I, maybe that's a credit to Steve Wilkes and what he's done since taking over um, for that team. They're still in position to win the division if they win on Sunday um, against the Bucks. Um, they would have swept the season series and have that tie break there. Uh, I, I don't know. It's hard to say Denver is the worst one. I know that this is kind of a thing that, I've seen other people talking about too in terms of ranking Denver at the bottom of this list. Other people disagreeing. It's just a really, it really depends on the person you talk to or or, or you're reading about um, and their opinion because I just, I don't know. I'd be a little worried if I'm not, if I don't have like any connection to Russell Wilson and I'm coming in there and knowing that if I don't figure it out, you're probably going to get fired. Whereas at least with the Colts and and the and the Panthers, it's a little bit of more open ended. We talked about, I know beforehand, the Colts uh, didn't realize they've lost enough games. Now they have the number five pick. They might be able to get a new quarterback. Might be able to take someone high in the draft. Might be able to trade up, depending on if the Bears are uh, are able to get that number one seed and then want to trade back um, with the, from the pick there. So maybe the Colts um, uh, can find a QB. The Panthers aren't, you know. Panthers are have some question marks, but I do think the roster building that they've started to produce, at least on you know defensively, they've t- taken some major strides. You see them fighting every week. Um, the offensive line looked really good, obviously on on Sunday as they barreled over the lines. Although a lot of teams have done that um, over the course of the year with that um, with the defense there in Detroit. So I guess I'll go Colts as a long winded way of saying I'll go Colts, Panthers, Broncos. This could backfire terribly on mm-hmm. me uh, when the Broncos make the playoffs <laughs> next year. But man, I. <laughs> I don't know. I just really think that contract with Russell, if, if they were willing to move on, maybe it's one thing, maybe they will be willing to move on if a new coach comes in and they, they start to think that maybe Russ is the problem and the, and the GM and some of the people that put the, the contracts in place. That's the other thing about Denver. They they said that the new coach isn't going to have to um, to like answer to the GM and George Patton. I'm like, what type of relationship? There's not a lot of teams that don't have a, a, a really like symbiotic relationship between coach and GM. Um, you think of a lot of teams in the NFL that have that connection and that's how crucial that is. So that's another reason why Denver may be for me, whereas I feel like anyone that comes in still with Ballard there in, in um, Indianapolis, yes, he hasn't hit on all of his picks, but I still think has a sound process overall. And with the Panthers, I think you start to see that this maybe has a chance to, to be something you can build from scratch. So I don't know. I, I'll go with that order. I'm curious to see what you have to think because it's a it's a tough conversation. I wouldn't say there's a reason that these are openings, right? It, it's not. It's hard to like uh, pinpoint every time. There's um, there's not always like openings like the Vikings last year where we clearly looked at them as one of the better opportunities. Even the yeah. Bucks, um, uh, you know, they end up hiring from within. But when Bruce Arians stepped down, like there's not always going to be positions like those that are available. Well, there are strengths and weaknesses with with both or with all three of these teams in terms of like what do you look at for the Panthers? The fact that they play in the NFC South is a nice thing because you know you could be looking about at the Bucks who are already struggling. They could be without Tom Brady next year, which I think is very possible. Falcons clearly a, a rebuild. Saints clearly a rebuild. Panthers are rebuilding, but like they still have a chance to win the division. Let's not forget that. Um, it's a bad division, but. Yeah. Like they're still in the conversation. I don't think their their roster. If I had to rank the rosters, I think the Panthers are number three. Like I think of these three. Like I think the Broncos and Colts have better rosters than the Panthers right now. And if you look at the, if you go to the Colts next, they have the best draft opportunity, right? Because they they will likely have the highest pick of this group. Um, so the best chance maybe to turn it around or maybe even trade up and. <laughs> you know, do something wild is, is certainly possible. Yeah. Um, 
I think the issue, though, for the Colts is, like you said, it's trying to figure out what you're going to do with the quarterback position. I think that's a that is certainly a problem. Um, then there's the Broncos, who I've said it before, the offense should not be as bad as it's been. Um, you got to remember they still have Javante Williams. Who, by the way, the Colts still have Jonathan Taylor. Let's not forget that. Um, you know, Javante Williams, we thought could be the breakout type guy, gets injured. That kind of changes things. Obviously, Russell Wilson, disappointing. But, like, Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, good wide receivers. Yeah. Um, defense is the best of the group. And for that reason, like, I look at it, I feel like the Broncos are like, if you're looking at it from a roster standpoint, I feel like I still like the Broncos roster better than any of these three. But it's just, you're you're relying, though, on Russell Wilson not being what he's been this season. And I think that's where, like, that's the issue is, like the mystery is, was it just that bad with Nathaniel Hackett? And he just, or, or, we've seen Russell Wilson play. Like he's not playing well, and so that is kind of one where it's, eh, I get a little, little worried about that um, with him. So I, I think I'm, and they play in the toughest division of the group. Let's be honest. Uh, the Broncos play in the the toughest division really? with the Chiefs and the Chargers. The Chiefs and Chargers aren't going anywhere. Like, I think that's kind of what you you know. Raiders, who knows? Um, but the Chiefs and Chargers, I don't, they're not going anywhere. So I think when you look at it from that standpoint, your path to have, being more successful is the toughest in Denver because you're playing in the toughest division. So I think I'd almost agree with you in that I think the Colts may be the best option because they have the best draft spot, which could address the quarterback position, could address something else. Although I still think I like the Broncos roster better. Um Mm. It's and I, and I didn't I didn't think I'd be as definitive on putting Carolina third, but I think I look at the roster and I think Carolina's third. So I really think it's just again it's a, it's a toss up for me with Denver and the Colts. But there's a part of me that wants to lean towards the Broncos, but I am scared of what you're going to get offensively with Russell Wilson moving forward. And you are kind of I mean look look what you gave up for him. You talked about kind of the how the management situation could work there. But I do like the roster quite a bit, and that makes me want to put Denver first, but I think I'm going to put the Colts in that first spot because they play in the AFC South too, and as we've seen, I think the Jags are on the rise. The Texans are not. The Col- or the Titans feel like they're going in reverse. Um, so I'll go Colts one, Broncos two, Panthers three. There you go. I, I can't blame you. The roster is I mean, definitely the best, like you said, uh, top to bottom of the whole group. I <laughs> – it is just the, like you said, is it really just the coach? Is it? I mean, we, I kind of, you kind of forget yeah. early in the season how bad it was with the, the crowd chanting out the, the play clock like it's a college basketball like yeah. countdown on I, the opposite side. It's like so maybe it, you know, but at the same time, Russ still, you know, he can still be able to figure those things out. Still, maybe just a, maybe it is a year to reflect for him and things do improve. Um, it's just it's a weird situation with that contract have having to make it work with him not being able to have like that flexibility to kind of figure out your own path but i i do understand uh, for sure because it's not like carolina's whole roster they're still in the in the process i just do like some of the pieces they've drafted um and i, I think the culture there could be in a, a better place and like you said yeah the two the divisions you have to think about it because the south right both the, i think there's no team in either the nfc or afc south with a uh, plus 500 record at the moment i think everyone's actually mm-hmm. under 500 so not that that's going to necessarily continue i still think some of these rosters and, and those divisions are going to rebound um i think the the jaguars are rising for sure as we'll talk about in the afc south in particular but and it's like in the afc west though like right it's like you if justin herbert and patrick mahomes are playing the chiefs and chargers like they're not like I just I don't see the Broncos, no matter who the coach is, eclipsing either one of those teams right now. Yeah, and I think that maybe is the issue for putting them at one, which is why I would yeah I think I ultimately lean towards the Colts. So I think that's that's the problem for me. So makes sense. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, there you go. Uh, we'll see uh, how it works out for all these th- these three teams specifically. Like I said, there will be more, and we'll talk more about those once we get into uh, the offseason, of course. But let's jump into our Week 17 picks. As always, we'll go through uh, some of these games a little bit more in depth, our game of the week, our betting locks, uh, upsets, and such. But then we will go into our quick picks and just kind of run through those 
quickly on all the other games. All right, the game of the week. Uh, one choice this week, and uh, I think it's clearly the best one. That's going to be the Bills heading to Cincinnati to take on the Bengals. Bills are one-point favorites uh, in this game. Obviously a lot uh, in play here for both teams in terms of seeding and such and trying to figure out exactly where they're going to wind up uh, in this this race here in the AFC. But, man, this is, uh, you know, it's a one-point spread for a reason, Dylan. You've got two teams that, I mean, what, what the Bills have won, what is it, six in a row? Um, you know, Bengals have won, what is the, why am I not have my number here? Um, it's like eight or something. Two, seven, I mean, they started seven or eight, two. yeah. Yeah, so they've won seven in a row. Bills have won six in a row. So uh, I would say someone has to lose here, but that's not necessarily true. They could go <laughs> to a tie. Um, but I am going to go with the home team here. I, I think the Bengals, as we said, they've they've not lost since that game against the Browns way back when. And uh, I think, you know, Bills on the road here. This is a – I mean, this is a AFC South – or excuse me, AFC championship uh, preview type game here when you look at kind of what these two teams are capable of. I think this is going to be a lot of fun, uh, but I will I will lean on the home team here and see that the see that the Bengals keep things rolling right along and what quite possibly could be one of the better games of the season. Yeah, this is I'm going to be more excited for this. Uh, we barely missed out on this in the AFC title game last year. Not that it was a dud by any means with Chiefs uh, Bengals last year. Um, <laughs> I, you know, two of the the quarterbacks that we obviously love watching, two of the best young stars in the entire NFL. And uh, while they're not necessarily, I think with Mahomes and Hurts, even with the games Hurts has missed, still uh, at the top of that MVP race. I don't know, um, you know, if there's two guys that I, outside of Mahomes that I enjoy watching more than Burrow and Allen. Obviously, their teams are really solid. We've talked a lot about how the defense for Cincinnati arguably better than last year. Um, you, you know, on on offense, losing Lael Collins, and I believe. I didn't see the last update, but losing him, definitely a, a big hit for an offensive line that was starting to come together for Cincinnati. Um, Buffalo, a team obviously without Von Miller. Every team has their injuries to these key kind of positions, but they've still kind of figured out their pass rush. And Buffalo just finds a way to win. They're just an overwhelmingly deep team. I think the Bengals are going to be a huge challenge for them. So it's a game, like you said, that has such a big uh, impact on the playoff picture. Like no one, I don't think anyone wants to face, and maybe I'm uh, misinterpreting this, but maybe I don't think anyone wants to face Justin Herbert and the Chargers and how that defense is kind of coming along in that first round. Uh, obviously, you'd like to have a bye, and, uh, but winning this game for either team probably puts you in the place where you're at least a two seed and you're not going to have to face uh, the Chargers. So there's a lot of incentive there. This lines up, you know, I'd love for this to be the AFC title game, but if the Bengals win, like you mentioned here, then the, I think the chiefs would slide into the one seed and these two teams would likely duke it out in the divisional round. Still would be a fun rematch. It has the feel of that late season game last year between the chiefs and Bengals where they, they both faced off and then we saw them again in the playoffs uh, and it was both games or classics could see that happen again i'm gonna go with buffalo here um i think just they're i just trust them a bit more uh, and also some of the kicking issues for cincinnati we saw with the missed extra points and yeah. uh field goal there and some things were burrow turned the ball over a couple t- uh, times and i think you know as good as new england's defense is i'd put buffalo still ahead of them in my mind at this point um or they're probably neck and neck really in the rankings yeah they are three and four in dvoa new england quite a, just barely ahead so I, it's going to be fun, I think, either way. I just think the Bills have more answers um, ultimately by the end of it. I think they're just an overall deeper team. Uh, I, but I could. It's gonna. there's a reason it's a one-point spread, right? It's going to go either way. It should be just a, a really exciting game. So um, I'll pick Buffalo. That way we get one end of the coin each <laughs> shot here on this one. Yeah, I'm curious. Uh, our standings, you know, we got, we're actually picking opposite on several games this week. So yep. I don't know if you're still trailing me on these I'm definitely long. trailing, but I think like by so. two or three games. Okay, so this could be the, the separator here this week. You, you could move into the league depending on uh, if any of my wild picks uh, come to fruition. All right, neither of us are going to – neither going too wild here on this next one because no. the uh, betting locks of the week, usually it's multiple. This week we both decided, hey, we've got one, and, uh, yeah, we're going to both go with this one. The 49ers are nine-and-a-half-point favorites as we record uh, in Las Vegas yeah. to take on the Raiders. <laughs> Now, why we say, you know, as we record is because, of course, the Raiders have announced that Derek Carr uh, will be benched for the rest of the season, which we know what that means. That means he will not play for the Raiders again. Um, And that means Jarrett Stidham steps in to play a 49ers defense that will be salivating over that possibility, I believe. And, um, yeah, so to me, the Niners are double-digit 
points better than the Raiders here. So at nine and a half, and again, I, I don't think it'll stay there. Um, I, I think they, they take care of business here. So we're both going to lean on the Niners to uh, get a definitive, uh, decisive victory here over the Raiders. Yeah, I think it moved to 10. So I think we'll still take that at 10. Nah, I'm still fine with that. that. Yeah. Um, it's only moved yeah, from nine. It was nine before that news uh, came out. <laughs> Uh, that says a lot of what Vegas thinks, uh, not the, the Raiders, but the Vegas yeah. with the setting the lines in terms of what they think of Derek Carr's value in this matchup. Um, <laughs> Derek's had some good games, but man, he's he had some uh, plays and, and some missed opportunities in that game against the Steelers that end up costing them. And it's kind of in the story of the season for a team that's lost a lot of close games. I don't think you can put it all on him, but I do think there is part of it where it's like, how far can this roster go? Maybe a, a Jets or some other team that, and we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about this uh, eventually in terms of where we think if Derek Carr is not going to stay with the Raiders, where he could end up. Um, there's plenty of teams where I, I think they're better suited to win now than what the Raiders still have on defense. They still have a lot of questions on that side of the ball. They have some really talented playmakers, but their offensive line isn't as far from perfect. They need a guy that can probably, if they were, if they really want to get quickly back into being a playoff team, like they were a year ago, someone that can work out a structure more than Derek. Um, but yeah, uh, in this matchup, regardless of who was going to play, I, the Niners are just bulldozing everyone at this moment. Um, Purdy looks just fine. Uh, he's he's fitting. Right. Speaking of a team that maybe Derek Carr could play well on, would be the Niners. Um, <laughs> they, they, you know, with the playmakers they have, even without Debo, they've just been a force. Still, their offensive line is ridiculous. They still have Kyle Shanahan drawing up plays that are getting guys open, um, and then that defense is just swarming. I mean, it's. It's gotten to a point where you know they are number one in, in defensive DVOA. Um, you can't run on them. You can't they're you know they have out, you know maybe still not the best secondary in the world, but they are holding up just fine with the pass rush that they have with Fred Warner patrolling the middle of the field. One of the, probably the best coverage linebacker in the NFL at this point. Um, they're just an absolute. Uh, they're a problem, I guess is the way to put it. And I, I think they're going to crush the Raiders, to be honest. I don't think, you know, after the Raiders had something to keep fighting for, they, they'd they won that game against the Patriots, They but they go into this, and if they'd won in Pittsburgh, right, they'd be kind of right in that discussion still. I think they wouldn't be too far out of the – they might have been right there tied with some of those teams just on the fringe of the – out of the playoffs. But now it's like it, – it's it feels like it's all done, obviously, with them going to Stidham. I, I wonder what that – how that – how the team responds to that maybe they do try but i mean i don't know if it matters with how good the niners are at this point yeah i think the niners uh, take care of business here in this one all right to our upsets of the week and uh dylan i feel like i've gone to the afc south a lot this season specifically a lot recently I took the jags to beat the cowboys that worked out okay um however <laughs> you heard me wrestle with this ma- this game right here like this was one that i had a lot of trouble with um, because I'm thinking, you know, both teams, neither team really has a lot to play for, although one team maybe has more to play for, and that is based <laughs> on their draft order. The Jags are four-and-a-half-point favorites on the road against the Texans. Texans on a one-game winning streak, as we know, uh, beating the Titans, and still, though, hold the number one spot in the 2023 NFL Draft with a 2-12-1 and one record. So they are still ahead of the, the Bears, who are really trying their best here, having lost eight in a row, to get to that number one spot. But the Texans, you know, like I told you, Dylan, they can really hurt themselves here by winning this game. But the Jags have nothing to play for, because no matter what happens here, they are still playing for the AFC South in Week 18 against the Titans. So Doug Peterson said he's going to play starters, but we've heard that before, too. And I don't trust the Jags are going to keep their starters in very long in this game. Uh, and that's why I'm going to pick the Texans, even though a lot of Houston fans are going to be rooting maybe against their team because they want Bryce Young, and if they win this game and the Bears lose, which you'll see in a second, we think is a very real possibility, um, then things become a lot more interesting. So I don't know what you do here, but I think people are going to laugh at me. I think this is one of the most fascinating games of the weekend because I just want to see which one of these teams wants to win more because – Neither really have anything to play for, except for the Texans really need to lose. Yeah. But because of what the Jags are going to do personnel-wise, I think the Texans may actually win. So, oh, this is a, quite a matchup here. 
Texans have been playing good football for a little while, and I say good football relative to what they are, which is the one of the yes. worst teams in the league. I, for the talent that they have, they have maximized it, in my opinion, the last few weeks. They've almost beaten Dallas, obviously, too, right? And uh, they beat the Jags earlier this season. They held them to six points, yeah. uh, one of the weirder kind of results at the time when the Jags were starting to figure things out. I think still, you know, maybe there will be a mandate i don't know that's not something they're supposed to do obviously for houston to not win this game because yeah that that is costly in terms of what they would have to potentially trade back up to if they want the number one pick from the bears uh, we've seen teams move up one spot i think of the um the mitch trubisky uh, niners when the when the bears traded up for him they only trade up one pick and had to give up quite a bit so it gets dicey at the top there um whereas the jags even if they you know play the starters for like a half or whatever it is the other guys still don't have any incentive to stop playing hard um not that the texans players themselves do um that's kind of what happens in a lot of these cases you think of uh the jets team that um a couple years ago how that you know how franchise altering it was for that jets team that was playing really hard in 2020 ends up winning a couple games and gets the number two pick instead of the one and we see that play out in that thursday night game right in front of us with trevor lawrence um and zach wilson facing off um it's franchise altering so um i'm sticking with the jags just because i don't i think they want to keep the positive momentum going maybe doug peterson think doug peterson thinks there's something to actually having a above 500 record i don't know really shouldn't in the grand scheme of things matter if you're eight nine or nine and eight if you win the division um in either of those cases you still get going to the playoffs um I think just for no, no offense to the Titans at all, I, I enjoyed Mike Vrabel and that team. I, I, but I do think uh, watching Lawrence in the playoffs would be a lot of fun. This game doesn't matter, though, for it. But I still think they'll uh, find a way to win against a Houston team that, yes, they've been playing well. And I'm worried that you're you're right. You're going to nail this um, in terms of being right on to what's actually going to end up happening. Um, but I'll, I'll go with the Jags to find a way to win in a game that's going to be Kind of one of the weird, like you said, I don't know if it's the ones I'm most intrigued by, but I'm definitely uh, interested and uh, curious to see what uh, how these two teams approach this game. All right, to Dylan's upset of the week, and uh, the reason I didn't pick this one is because I need one of these teams to win as my Super Bowl pick. That <laughs> sure is not going to be my Super Bowl pick once the playoffs roll around. The Panthers are at the Bucks. The Bucks are three-point favorites in this one. Uh, the battle for the... NFC South continues uh, between teams with losing records. And uh, the Panthers, as I said, are the underdog here. And, Dylan, you're going to go with the underdog here is for the Panthers to go on the road to beat the Bucks. That would kind of sum up the Bucks' season, I think. It would make a lot of sense. But, as I said, I need my Super Bowl pick to make the playoffs to give me something uh, to root for <laughs> because the Chargers, Dylan, are in. We didn't think they'd be in for a while. But yeah. at least the Chargers are in, so at least I've got a chance there, although – the very slim chance of getting my Bucks Chargers Super Bowl matchup uh, that I picked before the season. The Bucks are not going to get to the Super Bowl, but they do need this one to get to the to the playoffs. So um, I will go with uh, Tampa Tom here to figure it out. Although, man, the Bucks are they're only three point favorites at home against the Panthers. I think that's that's probably the the biggest thing here. And I'm going to pick them to win, but you obviously cannot trust uh, the Bucks here in this spot. I think. Yeah, we saw what they did earlier this season where. Uh, Carolina right after the McCaffrey trade just dominated um, that matchup against the Bucks. I think we've seen some flashes of Tampa at times. Um, wasn't pretty though against Arizona. And that's a bad team right now. And I just think that we yeah. we see the the fight that Carolina is playing with. I think their offensive line is uh, we're talking about kind of in our conversation earlier is getting better. I wouldn't say it's good by any means um, at this point, but I mean they dominated that matchup. It's going to be a tougher one here against a Tampa defense that. While it's not great um, or great, great, but it's still probably top 10. I don't think they're the reason this team is playing um, uh, at, you know, at a clip like seven and eight. I, I, I pick Carolina. It's more of a feel of like the direction of the two teams. I, I still think that Tampa's the better football team overall. I, I you know, I don't think their record is over. I, I think they are, you know, towards the middle of the pack. So I guess, um, a seven and eight record isn't way off of what uh, they should be. They should probably have a couple more wins. Uh, I'd say they should be more like an eight win team, but uh, or a nine win team. And Carolina, probably accurate where they are. Um, I don't know. It's just it, I know the game's in Tampa, and that has to in, factor in as well. ESPN's Football Power Index has this as a fifty percent. 50.1% for the Panthers, 49.2 for mm. the Bucks, and then a little wiggle room. <laughs> so they have this as a coin flip. 
Um, I see it going neither way too. But I'll I'll go with Carolina to win, and then they still have to win the following week. Tampa still can get into the playoffs if they lose this week when the final week in Carolina falls in that uh, season finale. So still, there's still a possibility for you, Blake, that the, the Bucks will get in even if I win this pick here. But I'm not uh, – I think it's uh, – you know, it's going to be an interesting game. Tampa is a, conf- a really hard team to understand because, you know, they have the flashes again where they start playing better and they have the first half against the Bengals and things do fall apart against a really good Cincinnati team. But that game against Arizona was just bad. It was really hard. To, to stay like completely zoned in on Christmas night to that one. Um, and I, yeah. I just think Carolina's playing a little better football, a little more um, playing more with something like they don't have anything to lose, I guess. Whereas uh, Tampa, if they don't win this division, it's going to be a pretty big disappointment for that franchise. Well, I mean, a little sidebar here because uh, I don't know if everyone knows this, but our longtime listeners will know, right, that you and I pretty much uh, predicted Tom Brady to land in Tampa. You know, we're kind of having some fun with, we did get that release. We said, everybody, you know, everybody started like, what makes sense? We're like, no, it sounds crazy, but the Bucks are actually the team that gives him the best chance to win. And what do do you know? We actually got that right. They wound up winning a Super Bowl when that happened. But I think now we start to look ahead though with Brady. And again, we'll get back to our picks in a second, but I think this is an interesting discussion that people are already having. And, it's because it's Tom Brady. Obviously, he's retired once, uh, came back uh, shortly after. And now I think you're looking ahead for, for Brady because if he plays again, which at this point, I mean, I think we just have to assume he's going to play forever. Like, there's no there's no doubt. We're going to be having this discussion for the next 50, 20 years. So um, if we just assume that he's going to continue playing, I mean, like, <laughs> things are a lot more interesting, right? Because we just talked about the Raiders situation. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Josh McDaniels is there. Derek Carr is out of there. Like, I don't think there's any doubt at this point. Um, Sean Payton could come back and coach somewhere, and I think Sean Payton teaming up with Tom Brady would be a fun experiment for a season. Um, like, I don't know. Are there any obvious, like, options as of right now? And like we said, a lot of things can change based on coaching moves and such and, and off season, you know, draft and teams drafting quarterbacks and that kind of stuff. But, like, are there any just glaring, obvious – spots for him because I right now like I said I, I think the the Raiders would certainly make sense uh based on the connections there I do think the the intrigue of a Sean Payton depending on where he goes mm-hmm. there's a yep. lot of things that would make sense there because I think those two teaming up there would be a my guess is there'd be a mutual kind of you know confidence in each other to, to be able to, to figure it out for one season because again I think if you're if you're if you're adding Brady you're doing it under a one-year contract basically at this point even if it's not right like you you know it's basically for the next season, and beyond yeah, that, yeah. you have no idea. But I don't know. It's an interesting discussion. It's it's a tough one. I don't know if there's a team. I mean, that we did that that we had that discussion. I guess more so after the season. Not that it's too much is going to change yeah. over these last two weeks. Um, very different, given where Tom was at that time. I I do wonder about the, how much what teams are going to think about him. I think teams would still take a shot at it, thinking they can catch lightning in a bottle like Tampa did. I don't know if everything this year is uh on tom but he definitely hasn't looked quite as good um i wouldn't say he's playing at that same level but you maybe would have said the same thing after his last season in 2019 with the patriots i'm looking up and down the list of teams and um raiders have a good you know for all the things that that i mentioned with their offensive line they're still seventh in rush offense dvoa i think the idea of somewhere where you know a team can actually run the ball um effectively yeah. which tampa 30th in that category i think that makes a huge difference for him i you know i look at teams that aren't sure about their qb positions i you know that are in the mix still like for example for the you know would the 49ers take a shot on him or are they just they're like oh look at how good we can or how well we're playing with brock Purdy, yeah. we can win with anyone um, I know Kyle Shanahan said some had some comments when they, before their matchup earlier this season about if he could go back to 2020 and if he would have wanted to try to sign him and seemed like maybe that hinting at that, that, that could have been a possibility. Um, that's I, I, from Brady's point of view, and this, I think was always the you know the team that he probably wanted to play for as a, as a fan growing up and just given the roster they had. I think if he could have hand chosen his team, maybe that's the one he would have and would still pick moving forward. I don't know if that's no, going to actually. I see one, Dylan. I see one that you I see wasn't a glaring about, one, but now I see one that would make a lot of sense. Now you're gonna have to move some things around a little bit, but it's a in this. Mike Mike Vrabel's the head coach of the Titans. Oh my gosh! Um, 
you know, they, they can run the ball. Yeah. Uh, they've got a good defense. Um, Nashville could be kind to, to Tom. <laughs> I mean, that's an interesting, that's an interesting thought. I don't, again, I don't know if there's anything to it, but that is an interesting, add that one to the list. All right. Let, let's put that one on our short list to discuss after the season. Yep. Cause I think there's, there's a lot of things that would make sense there. He's got a confident running game, but I don't know wide receiver wise though. If he's quite that's where thing. he would want to be. Um, that's the problem, right? We, cause we said the thing that was appealing about Tampa was because of the wide receiver group. And the offensive you line, don't yeah. really have that with the Titans. Uh, you yep. got that way more so with the Raiders with Devonte Adams. Um, yeah, that's the problem with the Titans. But there is a connection there, and it is a team that I think will be in need of a, a quarterback. Even with Ryan Tannehill still there. Um, yeah, that's that, that's one to maybe put on the short list. I'm, you know, it's it, there's a lot of teams that are in weird places where they don't have their like, you know, franchise quarterback, but they're probably like fine with them like the Giants for example a team maybe again without the, the most play uh, you know not many receiving playmakers Darius Slayton having a great year um, but like in terms of a team that can run the ball still still has a good defense things are moving positively their teams are like already kind of in the mix uh, I think you look down that next group like what Tampa was before they got Tom it's kind of like where I've been trying to look yeah. at like what team has <laughs> not just um uh, solid like foundation overall but like like you said playmakers I don't think he wants to go back that's the only issue with like New England I know that's been a rumored team like for the last few weeks there's some rumblings of that actually being the place that he would go back to but I do wonder <laughs> yeah there's some you could argue the receiving corps are better 2019 they were awful for the the Patriots in his last year there you could argue yeah. they're better but I wouldn't say there's like a bunch of superstars there a lot of teams are able to kind of uh, play too high and let let those guys mostly work underneath them there's not unless they bl- blow coverages there's not a lot of big big plays that New England passing game has been able to do this year um I, and I don't know what that that would be just a completely blowing up what's going on with Mac and um, I don't I, I just don't see that happening from their end I don't know for him if that like that's a nice storyline but it's like from an actual football point of view I don't think that that they're the best team for him I, I again I really think the Niners if he could choose where to go there's not a better uh, situation in football than them I think the Raiders yeah. are interesting because okay. of the playmakers they have because of their running game because of the McDaniels connection I think those are the two right now that I'm like if he he could pick but it's it, it is a weird like he wouldn't go to the Lions right <laughs> like I'm like looking at a team no, that has hey, a look, hey, here's, line you, you playmakers, said, no you no you said something I was going to bring up lifestyle is important too Yep. And at this point, he's going, he's going warm weather. Um, I just don't. To me, there's no reason to go back to New England to play with. The, I just, I don't, I don't, I don't see the upside there for Tom Brady. Like I feel like you go back, it's maybe the last season of your career. I mean, you're not the Tom Brady of five years ago, and I just feel like you're you're asking for like a bad send off when, in reality, was the send off perfect? The first time around, no, but like what why should we think it's gonna be better this time? Yep. And I I'm with you. I think there are two very clear cut favorites, and I think that would be the Niners or the Raiders. Beyond that, like you said, we could connect some dots with a team like the Titans. Um Yeah. Miami. Really, I mean, I Patriots, mean that was the team yes. he was trying to go to. I, I know what yeah, I feel good I mean, about Miami's... Tua. I wouldn't I wouldn't want to go away from Tua, but if you know, I no. their owner given what he tried to do with the how they lost the draft pick and kind of colluding to try to get him and Sean Payton would he in a yeah. now that he has a situation where he could actually do it <laughs> I don't know I don't their owner is kind of the wild yeah. card there but I wouldn't and talking about lifestyle wouldn't it be t- difficult for him to go from Tampa to Miami so I I don't think that would happen I, I think yeah. you got to trust in Tua I think that um, Mac McDaniel is very comfortable with what two has been able to do and how they, you know, the last time we talked in terms of where they were after that charger game that even though they lost, uh, it seemed like they've, and we're figuring out some of solving some of those, uh, questions and that almost beating yeah. the bills and a really great effort there. So I don't know, but that's one that maybe, and that will probably be floated around. I'm sure. Niners one Raiders two. <laughs> Titans distant three. Patriots distant – well, I may put the Patriots ahead of the Titans. Yeah. Patriots a distant three, Titans a distant four. And if you're trying to find a fifth team, like you said, Dolphins, I just don't see it. But I think 
the only other team, and it's not going to happen, but, like, if you're saying the scenario, like, Washington, to me, is, like, the only other team that has a clear, no idea what to do with the quarterback position. Yeah. <laughs> and yet are still a playoff-capable team, but, like, there's nothing about the roster offensively outside of Terry McLaurin uh, that I feel like would be that that appealing, maybe. So, yeah, yeah I, I don't – I think it's a two-team – it would be a two-team race. I know we're doing hypotheticals here, and people are like, "Oh, Tampa's probably Tampa. still the leader here." Yeah, um, right. So that's what I'm saying. Sitting like, tight. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we returning to Tampa seems like the most likely option, but if he doesn't retire, if he wants to move around, I think San Francisco is the best spot. Las Vegas would be second, and then I think it's maybe throwing teams like the Patriots or Titans just because of the connections uh, with yep. the personnel and obviously with the Patriots. So. There you go. Uh, there's a long-winded discussion on Tom Brady. That's uh, listen. The only reason we did it, Dylan, is because we've gotten this right before, and we're just trying to we're trying to get ahead of the curve here. Just trying to, you know, we're trying to to go ahead and let you know where he's going to wind up next season. But we still got a lot of football to be played this season, and we'll see if you are right when it comes to the Bucks and the Panthers here in this matchup. All right, we finish up with our quick picks here. We start <laughs> speaking of the Titans, Cowboys eleven point favorites uh, in Nashville against the Titans, who just are are not playing well right now um they've lost a lot of games in a row here as we said this game does not matter for the titans they are still going to be playing for a playoff spot in the afc south title in week 18 so there's really not a lot of motivation here meanwhile the cowboys uh, would like to keep winning so i thought about this one dylan is a betting lock i think the cowboys um take care of business and just i think this is a blowout so i I almost wish i would have picked the cowboys because i think they they will take care of business. Yeah, they still since they still have a shot, like you're saying, at the division, I, I don't think it's going to happen. But still, you know, if Hertz is really out for the last two weeks, it's a possibility. Um, don't, otherwise, don't really have a ton to play for themselves, right? They're they're kind of locked into that yeah. number five seed, really. Um, but the Titans, man, they, I mean, it takes it takes some effort to lose to to the Texans right now, mm-hmm. even with Houston playing hard. I I just did not. It was they had chances and it just was an ugly kind of game they just weren't able to get anything really going and then they couldn't get the stop when they needed it late whereas i think dallas is just you know i don't think they're gonna let the 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 foot off the pedal here i think they're gonna keep trying to build off the momentum they want to be playing their best football going into whatever playoff game they have uh, once they get to um the postseason so i'll go with dallas and i i I agree i think they will cover because i just think i think their defense is going to respond after you know against a non-jalen hurts uh team still giving up a lot of points to philly i think they're gonna we've seen this dallas defense have those kind of performances and come back and have a great game and i just don't know receiving wise you look at aj brown and what Devontae smith are doing i don't you know as much as i like some of the guys and obviously if you've listened to this podcast for a long time you know i love robert woods but man it's just not the same (laughs) um uh uh, thing that you're going to be facing with that Philly offense compared to Tennessee. So I think the Cowboys take care of business. Cardinals with the Falcons. Falcons, three and a half point favorites in Atlanta. Um, like I said, I, I think the Cardinals are, I think they're done. Um, I just, yeah, I, I don't really see. I just, if you had to ask me right now, I think they make a coaching change at the end of the season. And look, they're in, they're still in that interesting spot, right? Because as of right now, they'd have the fourth pick because they've lost five in a row. Um, they can still move up in the draft order and they'd like to probably have a higher draft pick. I'm not saying they're going to tank or anything, but Falcons have just kind of, you know, always been right there. As we said, a lot of games this season, I think they'll, they'll win this one. Yeah. I'm picking Atlanta. I I think they're just a better football team right now. Um, Even I saw that I think Colts can still be able to play and got cleared, but Atlanta hasn't been perfect, but they've, as we've talked about throughout the season, they've shown some fight. They're definitely, um played better against better opponents for the most part um and that you know they're taking kind of care of business against these kind of in these games i just you know arizona and you know they lose buddha baker um for the year with a pretty uh, brutal injury i forget exactly what it was but um and uh, it just doesn't feel like there's a lot of good vibe too many good vibes for arizona just overall right now um so i'll pick atlanta um seems to be a team that can at least win these kind of games and still is playing for something still feel like they're building towards let's finish strong and figure out where we want to be looking ahead to 2023 bears and the lions lions six point favorites in this one uh that number may seem high but as i told you Dylan, sometimes you forget that the bears have lost eight in a row and uh, they've been right there in some of these yeah. but uh, as we mentioned with the texans discussion earlier a texans win a Bears loss, and all of a sudden, the Bears are, are sitting in a nice spot, perhaps for that number one spot. I'm going to pick them to lose because I think the Lions 
Uh, certainly, as we said, still have something to play for here. Bears do not, so uh, I like the motivation uh, effect here for the Lions. The Lions play really well at home, too. Um, I think that, that factors in a bit here. I think we're leading into we might have the Week 18 Packers-Lions play-in game, essentially, wow. depending on what the results are with uh, the Commanders and Seahawks. Um, I, I think they're going to win this game. I, I think it's a, you know, you know, again, yeah, they play better at home, especially on defense. But I think this is a fantasy championship game player's dream with uh, Detroit and Chicago. <laughs> These defenses both in the bottom yes. five in DVOA um, with, with the, you know, there was questions of whether, you know, would you – uh, Eberflus was asked, I believe, on Monday or either Monday or Tuesday about whether he'd consider sitting Justin Fields with all the hits and injuries he's kind of had throughout this year and then being out of the playoff race and obviously having a chance at that number one pick. And he said, no, we're going to run or we're going to keep him out there. Um, obviously, I think any small ding that he gets, they would potentially pull him out, which factors in a bit here. Lions have a lot more to play for. And even with the how, uh, you know, the positive uh, – uh, just given how early in the season how Justin looked to now and how good Bears fans feel. I, th- I think, as we've talked about in this podcast, and it's just something I've, as I talk to uh, friends that are Bears fans, that I agree with in terms of this team, this is exactly what you would kind of wanted in the season, get the best draft picks possible, and how Fields look like he's the guy of the future. It's it's kind of happened exactly that that way. Um, still have a lot of work to do overall for their team, and I just think the Lions offense is going to put up some big points here and um, have a nice uh, comeback after what happened in Carolina last week. Broncos at the Chiefs. Chiefs are 13.5-point favorites in this one. Um, I think you know where I'm headed with this one. Almost made it my betting lock here. Broncos just fired their coach. Offense has not been good. I know the first meeting was was a close game, but uh, there's no way I can bank on that happening again. So Chiefs are the pick in this one. Yeah, the Denver's defensive DVOA is still seventh, but that team looked like they checked out a bit uh, on Christmas against the Rams. Uh, not to take away too much from my favorite team's performance, but I, it looked like one team was uh, had guys that were playing for something. The other team had, uh, even if they were at way out of the race, both teams obviously going into that 4-10 and 10 records, and another team that just – checked out completely they have the ranked dvoa wise worst special teams in the league one of the worst offenses and a defense that i don't think is playing up to the level they are can be and meanwhile we talked about the chiefs need to win out to have a chance of the one seed essentially if the if the bills only lose one game and they win both they'll get it um if they lose one it's unlikely they'll get it given it'll probably be cincinnati or the bills still at that point so um yeah i think yeah i think they're gonna blow them out i think they'll probably cover this maybe this is one we look back on and be like man we should have uh, pick that one yeah. instead of if the somehow the Niners have play a little down to the competition. I don't know, but I think both teams will probably cover. <laughs> I think the Chiefs as well here. I uh, yeah, I think so. Um, Dolphins at the Patriots. Patriots are three point favorites in this one. Obviously, no Tua uh, concussion again, and um, Teddy Bridgewater steps in, and I think he's capable enough to lead them to a win here. But I just I think the Patriots defense is the key in this one, and. Yeah. Um, even if their offense leaves a lot to be desired at times, I think their defense will probably cause a few turnovers, and that may be the difference in, in why I'm going to pick the Patriots in this one. Crazy. Four straight losses for the Dolphins. Looked like a for-sure playoff <laughs> team, and even with how the playoff picture kind of crumpled down, like a lot of teams in the race here um, started yeah. falling off, like, like the Jets, even the Patriots uh, losing a lot of games lately. Um it, despite that, it's it's just disappointing because of how fun Miami's been all year, and now with Tua, yeah, don't know, you know, if if this was in the middle of the season, we probably would see him back. But at this point, for with only two regular season games left, if they miss the playoffs, um, and if they lose this game, they're in a really tough spot just overall to get in. Uh, given the tiebreak, New England would have they would have help with Buffalo playing New England next week, but other teams also in that mix, right? It's a crowded race there at the end of the AFC. Um, I'm picking the Patriots too because I think their defense is really good. I think that they came on amazing. You know, the second half against the Bengals was uh, really impressive. How they kept them in the game, not giving up a single point, um, and gave their team every opportunity to win that football game against the, the Bengals. Um, I, I think that, uh, and on the flip side, it's not like Miami's defense has been amazing. I know they've had flashes where they're solid and they, they do defend the run well. So that, that is one problem I see where new England's not necessarily like the perfect matchup here, um, in terms of what they want to do on offense. Um, but I'll still pick the Patriots just with two out, not knowing what, you know, and the, the game being, um, it's in new England. Yeah. New England. So I think that factors in a bit here. It'd be a little different story if we're talking about playing in Miami, although the conditions last week only in the forties. So it wasn't exactly like you had the normal <laughs> December heat, uh, yeah. heat advantage that Miami usually gets. But yeah. 
some snow outside the stadium, I think, before the game started. That was uh, kind of a wild thing, <laughs> yeah. to say the least. Uh, Colts at the Giants. Giants, six-point favorites in this one. Uh, Colts, another team that has switched quarterbacks quite a bit this season. And, um, yeah, don't know about the upside heading into a, a game with the Giants team that certainly, as we said, a lot to play for here for the G-men. So uh, I think they are the choice here against the Colts team that probably more playing for a, a better um, – draft spot at this point than they are anything else yeah giants have a chance to clinch a playoff spot here um colts looked at least offensively checked out again maybe it was nick Foles. just uh, uh it was a real struggle for them but the offensive line was giving up a lot of quick pressure um t- to the uh chargers throughout that game a lot of check downs a lot of you know they couldn't convert on third down i don't see it necessarily improving immediately against a, a hungry giants team that um you know easily could have won that game that they, they fought back well they've done that all season they're just a tough team that sticks around um even when you're like is this team really as good as their record they, they still find a way to, to yeah. beat good teams and stay in games with good teams they um i mean we had the commanders beating them in that in that matchup a couple of weeks ago obviously some uh, funkiness at the end there but still an impressive performance uh Kayvon especially having probably the best game of his rookie year there um a couple of weeks ago and I think yeah they're at home here just with way more to play for I think the Giants have to be the pick it would be real big disappointment uh if for this team if they can't capitalize on this opportunity to clinch a playoff spot against Indianapolis um because then they'd have to either hope the other teams uh behind them lose or beat the uh um Eagles, I believe, in their last game. That's not going to be an easy uh, ask there. Yeah, Giants have about seven ways to get in this week, and yeah. it's very simple. If they win, they're in. Um, mm-hmm. But they also three different scenarios with a tie. Plus, they can have the Seahawks and uh, Commanders lose, or Seahawks, Lions, Green Bay lose, or just a, a different combination uh, with all those. So they they should get in, as you said. It depends on if they they win this one. It'll make it very easy on them. Speaking of the Commanders. Browns are at the at Washington to, to play the Commanders, who are two-point favorites at home in D.C. And this one, of course, a new quarterback, Carson Wentz, gets the nod. He's back, and uh, the way Washington can get in is if they win. Uh, plus, they'll need some help with the Seahawks losing, the Lions losing, and the Packers, or, uh, Packers losing or tying. So Washington needs some help here, um, to say the least. But a win does you know, give them a step in the right direction. Uh, and I think they get it, but as I told you, Dylan, I'm going to pick them to win, but, man, there's no way I have any trust in Carson Wentz right now under center, and um, I know Taylor Heineke, the offense wasn't wildly efficient by any means, but uh, (laughs) this is a tricky one for me. I almost picked the Browns, and I almost feel like I I want to to flip it, but I'm not going to. I'll pick the commanders here, but uh, I don't know. This is a tough one. I don't feel good about this pick. I... uh... (laughs) I don't know. You know, it's a weird thing. If if Jacoby Brissett was starting, I would probably pick the Browns. <laughs> like that's mm, not saying that where weird. the where the Browns might be next year with Deshaun, and I think their value is looking ahead to next season and what they can do to improve yeah. there. They don't need to win this year, but their offensive DVOA and passing DVOA has dropped off since Jacoby I, you know, stopped starting. He was they were seventh in the league at the time. They're, they've only dropped down to eleventh, but they're expected to finish closer to fourteenth now. It's like. They just aren't. It's it's crazy how less much less effective they are, and that allows teams to uh, you know bundle up on Nick Chubb and stack the box there. Um, I don't know the. I'm picking the Commanders. I just think they have still that kind of like they're playing for something. It's a weird game, man. I you know this this is a really tough one. I I think this is going to come down to the wire either way. I think Washington's defense, though, pretty good. Um, still borderline top 10 unit and DVOA, despite the last couple of weeks they were um, in the top 10 uh, prior to that. They, they defend the run uh, fairly well, a little bit better than the past. So not necessarily the best matchup for Cleveland in that way. Um, I do wonder about Washington's offense here. Can they hold up against that defensive front for the Browns? Will they, those guys be uh, you know attacking as they have the last few weeks? Um but they, they just don't defend the, the run well. So this could be a Brian Robinson, Antonio Gibson kind of 
kind of game for Washington, not put the game in Carson Wentz's hands, run the ball, do something that the Browns have not done, you know, attack with the Browns' biggest weakness all season. They've been awful uh, defending the ground attack. So maybe that is the path for Washington to get the win. Uh, But, again, this is a game that's 52.7% ESPN football power index in Washington, the rest on Cleveland. It is close. It is not – this is a – there's a reason the spread is as low as it is. This is probably going to be a game that comes right down the wire that you're going to – maybe for moments on Sunday if you're watching Red Zone, forget about it. And the next thing you know, it's going to be like, oh, man, there's three minutes left. And it's a two-point game. <laughs> yeah, it's it's going to be wild, uh, to say the least. All right, so we now get to this next one, the Jets at the Seahawks. Um, Jets are one-and-a-half-point favorites in Seattle. Neither team can do anything about clinching anything this week. I think that's right, isn't it, Dylan? Um, it's going to – I think that will go into next week in terms of – For these two, yeah. I think there will again. There's there's no reason to talk about. Probably yes, that's true. They can get eliminated, I think, but they can't do anything to clinch a playoff spot this week. Uh, I think is the the better verbiage there to use. And so, but still a lot to play for for both. And and I think this is a a virtual toss up, one and a half point favorite as we said for the Jets. I'm gonna pick the Seahawks. They're at home here. Jets have kind of been reeling a little bit. Um, I feel like you're going to look back at the Jets and feel like, boy, they had their chances and they had everything sitting right there, and it just slipped through their fingers, fingers and, and just could not get it done. Um, but Mike White's back under center. That gives him a little more confidence probably. Um, but, man, the Jets have still lost four in a row, Dylan. And uh, I just I think this is a tough matchup heading into Seattle uh, to play the Seahawks, who I know, you know have had their own issues at times. Uh, to say the least, but I will go with the home team here, even though, yeah, this is a this is a toss up. Do you think? What do you think Patriots fans would think if Tom Brady went to the Jets? <laughs> uh, that I, I no, listen, I was thinking about that earlier, but I didn't even mention because I don't want to sound ridiculous. But he is the missing piece for the for the Jets right now. They've got the defense. They've got Garrett Wilson. Um, yeah, I, I like the setup for the Jets, but the problem is, as I said, they've. <laughs> They've somehow now lost four in a row when there was a point where we thought that they were a lock for the playoffs and not the case anymore. They they have the feel. I I, I think it's it would it, like you said it does not sound ridiculous. I don't think it'll happen because it's the Jets, but they have the feel of the good defense, the really good offensive line, and starting to have the playmakers. Mm-hmm. I don't think they have two guys like what Mike Evans and Chris Godwin were, but what Garrett Wilson's been able to do overall their uh, offense <laughs> and what we saw earlier in the season before they had their rash of injuries with Brees Hall and, and other guys, they don't they don't completely um, just roster wise look so different than what we saw from that Tampa team. I think Tampa yeah. maybe it would maybe be what the Jets in like a few years as they keep the build up and maybe get one more receiving weapon and have that defense get a little more well rounded. I think they still have good things ahead. I think their defense, given where they were last year, um, uh, they're still going to be fine in the grand scheme of things if they can figure out the QB position. They've looked a lot better with Mike White in there and he's back, and that's partially why I'm picking them here. I, I don't, you know, Seattle at times this year was really encouraged thought they were for sure going to make the playoffs things fell off i still think on you know overall their defense has started to kind of slide back there was a point this year where it was like wow they're actually playing way above what we expected now they're 26 in dvoa kind of where you know, we would have thought they would be the offense has still looked pretty good i don't think gino's been the problem a lot of times he's still playing pretty well just have a lot of other pieces that aren't uh, perfect for them um like you said for the jets it feels like a season with missed opportunity but at the same time Yes, you would like to make the playoffs, and they still have a shot. If they win this game, um, they have a decent shot, I think. If they win out, um, it, given that they play – do they play – let me see in their last game. They get Miami, yeah. So, I mean, yeah. they, they, there's probably a scenario – I'd have to look through it – where if they win this game, they, they might only have to win next week. They might not need a ton of help depending on what happens this week. Seattle, same thing. They're in that boat, but I – you know – it's it's a tough one. The game, given the games in Seattle, you know, I think to go with them. But we just saw Carolina go in there, take care of business. Not recently. Um, they just haven't been as consistent as early in the year. Injuries have piled up at, at times too for Seattle. So I'll go with the Jets in a game that, yeah, it, it feels like it's just survivor mode for both teams. Um, I, but I, I think the Jets defense and what they've done with Mike White, I think they'll do enough here to make it close at least. Whether it goes their way is going to be um, – this could have been one of my – I know I put the other upset pick up there with Carolina. This could have, even with the lower spread, arguably might be more surprising, I think, if the Jets win this game. But I still am going to slide yeah. with them to keep their season alive. Maybe it's just because I want that Dolphins-Jets game to mean something in week uh, 18. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we're all rooting for that. That would be a fun one. It's going to see how that plays out. All right, the Rams are at the Chargers, Dylan. Um, I guess technically, right? Uh, Six-and-a-half-point <laughs> favorites, uh, the Chargers. 
are in this one. Um, not really a travel game for, for either team here, but um, yeah, Rams have nothing to play for. I'm going to pick the Chargers in this one. Uh, obviously, they've already locked up their playoff spot. I don't really have a lot to play for either, but um, yeah, I mean, the Rams, eh. I mean, I, look, I know they scored 51 points against the Broncos, but I don't think that was the get back on track game, Dylan. I think the, the Chargers are probably still the pick here. Chargers are, yeah, easy pick here. I, you know, the Rams might keep this close, and I, I understand the spread at six and a half. That that sounds about right. Um, I, I think the, you know, these are teams that DVOA wise, it's interesting. They're only right. They're back to back. Chargers are twenty first. Rams twenty second. I think the Chargers have played better. Uh, their defense has really started to come on lately. I think they've, you know, they're not giving up the huge gashing plays on the ground like they were earlier in the year. Maybe they're it's a fact of them playing teams that aren't as good on the, on the ground um, playing into that, and we'll see how that, um, that that might actually work in their favor given the opponents they'll likely have in the playoffs, a lot of pass-heavy teams. Um, the Rams definitely playing for something given how hard they, they went in that game. Tyler Higbee going off, uh, obviously Jacoby Durant. Uh, you look at his advanced stats and things he's done this year. Uh, could be um, another nice find later in the draft for the Rams, but there's still a team that's at five and ten for a reason. Um, I think that they again might keep this one close. Chargers don't have a ton to play for either. Uh, just seeding at this point. Uh, I don't know. Uh, you know if they obviously would like to probably be the five seed and play the Jags or the Titans rather than any one of the three of the Chiefs, Bengals, and I guess they could still technically take uh, 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 face the Ravens if the Bengals lose um, to Baltimore in Week 18, I think regardless of what happens um, this week unless the Bengals win and the ball, uh, Ravens lose. But um, for that reason, I think they'll still be – the Chargers will still have some little bit of something to play for, and they're just the better team in my mind, so I'll pick them to win. But I wouldn't feel so great about the touchdown spread. I think this is like a four – point game kind of in that range maybe well, you never feel great about that with the chargers i don't think so um yeah that's uh that's, a record against that's the been a running joke over the years yeah. for sure they're nine five and one against the spread that. pretty good mm. well, there you go there you go maybe they're not the chargers anymore they can't use that anymore uh, on the chargers so all right the vikings are at the packers packers three and a half point favorites in this game obviously for green bay um you know, they they certainly have something to play for here. Vikings have clinched their playoff spot, as we know. Uh, but uh, for the Packers, uh, need to win. And uh, I think they will do just that, uh, putting Aaron Rodgers in the spots. Um, hard to, I don't know, I, I, as good as the Vikings record is, this is kind of one of those games where you look at everything the Packers have to play for, and I just think they rise to the, to the occasion here and get the win. I wanted to go with the Vikings so bad, and I, you know, this is the last game I filled <laughs> in on the sheet. Um, it's the fact that it's in Green Bay. I'm guessing, let's see, the weather is supposed to be 37 degrees. Not so bad, really, given what hmm. it's been. Um, Warm. I, I just – I know the Vikings, they are playing for something. I do think it does – it really for them, you know, I'm still, regardless, if I, looking way too far ahead knowing what happens in the NFL playoffs. But if it's Vikings, Niners, two and three – I don't think they yeah. have a shot winning in San Francisco at home. <laughs> I still would probably that. pick the Niners, but they really need to yeah. win for that reason. They still have a shot at the one seed. Um, they they would need the Eagles to lose out um, and win out because they they have they don't have that tiebreaker over them. I don't see that happening. So I, I think it's you know even though they yeah. can't get a bye, I do think there's something to be said for that. But I think the Packers are you know I don't think they're that. Still, there's some stuff that I forget who tweeted something along the lines of the Packers being a seven seed getting hot at the right time would be more dangerous than them as a one seed. I don't buy into that at all. I still think I'd much <laughs> rather face the Packers than the Cowboys than the Niners than um, the Eagles. But um, I still think they're they're playing for for something. Rodgers had a few throws against Miami that were vintage, uh, just flip, flick of the wrist kind of deals. The receivers look like they're starting to figure things out. I, I know that uh, with Watson's injury, wondering how he's uh, his availability and all that. Um, the defense starting to come t- together a bit more. But I mean, this is we've talked about Minnesota all year. They're they're not they're not a great team for their record. It's not something you know. This would have been you know people were really driving home that point in the first half of the game against the Colts, and then they make that ridiculous comeback. But they're 25th in total DVOA. This is like. I'm, I'm guessing it's, and I remember in middle of the season, they were like, at the time, one of the worst DVOA teams ever for the record. I'm guessing they're going to end up uh, with something like that. Their estimated wins are six right now compared to their 12-3 and record. I think they're 11-0 and mm-hmm. in one-score games. It's just unheard of. Um, 
maybe yeah. they, they they just have that clutch gene that they for years had lacked when they've lost a lot of those close games maybe it's just everything evening out in that way but i think given it's in green bay given that rogers you know he has the knee thing that we um, saw before we started recording that doesn't look like it's going to have any impact on his availability i don't it's not that he's been as mobile as he used to be anyway so i think he's going to be just fine i think the packers find a way um it's you know they had that one drop i think it was from christian watson like the first offensive play of the season that game in and week one goes completely differently if they score that immediate response touchdown i don't think it ends up being quite of a runaway win for minnesota um and i i don't know it's just i think minnesota's due for one of these games to not just fall their way at the end with some miraculous plays and i think the fact that's in green bay plays a role in that all right, we wrap up with the Steelers at the Ravens. Uh, the Ravens, three-point favorites in this one. Obviously, as of now, we don't know if Lamar's going to play. He hasn't been practicing. That's why I would think he would assume he's not. Um, yeah. So that makes this a little bit more interesting, of course, in that regard. Um, but, yeah, we will we'll see how it plays out. I don't, I don't have a good feel about this one. This is one that I would circle as a pretty unknown. Two rivals here going at it. Uh, Lamar out, perhaps. And eh, still probably going to lean on the Ravens to get it done. But um, that's probably more a lack of confidence in the Steelers than it is maybe the Ravens without Lamar. Yeah, I'm, I'm torn. I was torn on this game. Um, you know, I, at first, I was like, and I, I did pick the Ravens to win. But at first, I was like, well, the Ravens are, just, you know, they're a significantly better team. But they have played some interesting games, right? Like they haven't necessarily yeah. dominated for a 10 and 5 team. They probably about where they should be. Um, their defense. I think as we've talked about since they got Roquan and just overall has come together really well. I think it's a bad recipe for for Pittsburgh's offense, but this is the Mike Tomlin rule. They haven't gone under 500 and they still somehow, despite their struggles all year, <laughs> are seven and eight with two games left. They have a chance mm-hmm. to, to finish over 500 again. Um, and that, that would involve winning this game, obviously. Uh, maybe if it was in Pittsburgh, I would have considered it more, but um, picking the Ravens, I think this game, what is the over-under? It has got to be pretty low, 35 F- mm, yeah, wow. I I could see this being like a sixteen thirteen. Twenty three is what I would set it at. So there you go. <laughs> there you go. So I yeah, it's it's going to be an interesting one, um, and a big one for the Ravens if the if the Bengals uh, the next night lose, they have a chance to. Um, I mean, if they lose and the Bengals could win the division the next night, so it's still something to play for to make sure Baltimore has a chance at the division in Week eighteen. Um, so. I'll pick the Ravens, but yeah, the, the, these games, I think this, you know, it's not like the, the Steelers Ravens rivalry the last few years has been anything like what it was for kind of the golden age of uh, the Roethlisberger and Flacco and all those Ray Lewis and Ed Reed defenses. But um, I still think this could be a really intense physical game, uh, but I'll give the Ravens a slight edge. There you go. There are picks for week 17 in the NFL, and uh, we'll see if Dylan can move ahead in our season-long <laughs> predictions uh, tally here, uh, but uh, several opportunities to do so. Like I said, we've got some very interesting games. When you get to this point where teams have something to play for and other teams don't, it can make for some very interesting uh, outcomes in some of these games. But we will see how it plays out. But, of course, Dylan got it all covered over at Clutch Points. Let everybody can know where they can find all of that. You can find, follow all the Week 17 games in the Clutch Points app. We'll have all the injury news coverage we always have, betting predictions, uh, looking at playoff scenarios for every team. We've we've started a series on uh, dream playoff scenarios in terms of matchups and uh, how the, the seeding would uh, fit for a lot of teams and also nightmare scenarios, having the, to run through maybe the – the Cowboys and the Eagles and different things, depending on where teams land in the, in this grand scheme of things. But we have all that on clutch points. Yeah. If you um, next week, I might have to pick all underdogs. If you're up by too many games, so I might just have to completely <laughs> tank my picks for any chance at coming back there. But uh, yeah, it's been, it's been a fun season. It's been a weird season overall um, compared to, you know, with the scoring being down and some different things, but I think you're starting to see some teams figure it out and should be a, a really fun few weeks at, at this point um still a lot to play for for a lot of teams and even if it's not just uh teams in the playoff race i think yeah i'm gonna be stick, taking a look at this draft order as it's how it shifts as those <laughs> games play out because i think that is one of the yeah. more intriguing things to look at the top of this draft and it's not like last year where we didn't have a quarterback go until after picket um until what the third round i think it's going to be a little more intense and a lot of teams trying to make things happen and a lot of movement potentially after this year Yep, got Bryce Young, uh, C.J. Stroud, Will Levis. Uh, a lot of a lot of interesting options, I think, for a lot of people. Maybe in the, that top 
10 range. So, yeah, we'll see how it plays out in terms of the draft order. But there you go. Check out everything Clutch Points. As always, be sure to subscribe to the podcast, any podcast app you use. Search for Establish the Pass. And uh, thanks, as always, for listening to the podcast. And we'll talk to you next time here on the Establish the Pass podcast.